Welcome to Season 2 of Kindred, hosted by me, Kate, and my sister, Jen. In this podcast, we explore our human relationship to animals in the natural world. In connecting to our world, we also connect to compassion, understanding, and empathy. How can we see ourselves not as separate from animals and nature, but part of an active ecosystem? This season, Jen and I will focus on learning about the history of our disconnect to the natural world. What knowledge and connection have we lost and why? We'll talk with scientists, conservationists, academics, and many others as we look to answer the question, how can we implement change in order to heal our planet? And we'll explore how we can repair and restore our connection and relationship to our fellow keystone species and ecosystems. Hello, and welcome back to Kindred. How are you, Miss Jennifer, today? I am doing well. Yep. Happy yeah. to be here. Glad we are, uh, we're virtual again today. Is, yeah. is that right? And I'm a hologram. My <laughs> background is a fancy island scene, which I didn't put on there. So you're welcome for looking at that. I feel I feel lucky. Yeah. You're already at the beach, but now you have a virtual. I don't have any palm trees here. So that does up the uh, fancy game a little. Fancy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we are we are virtual again, and today we have is our last drop for the season for season two. We are wrapping up today, um, which is really it's mixed, right? It's exciting, and it's um, been an incredible season. And I will try not to get emotional at some point because it's always like that sad part of oh, I'm so sad we're done for the season, but all good things, all good things. So um, what we're going to do today is just look back on season two and what our guests have in conversations have offered us in terms of our mission statement and what we, and what our main sort of takeaway is for, for you and I. Um, And our mission statement is literally just the intro to every episode, but I'll, I'll read it again in a second. But, um, and I, and I'd say each guest and conversation has offered a huge insight Um, and the work they're doing in their fields that at the very least touch on many levels of history and repair and healing. We just wanted to highlight, just pull out some examples that really kind of target our mission statement and the focus in the season. Um, So just to read that quickly, uh, season two, we wanted to learn about the history of our disconnect to the natural world explore how we can repair and restore our relationship with our fellow species and ecosystems and implement change in order to heal our planet. So looking back on the season um, and starting with sort of the history of our disconnect, we're kind of are going to start at the end of the season, right? So um, we kind of thought that braiding sweetgrass was a great example of, you know, and, and a deep dive into what we don't know and, and why, right? And Robin Wall Kimmerer, um, the author of braiding sweetgrass, did such a beautiful job of talking about what we don't know about the natural world and what was taken, what knowledge we don't have and was taken away from her her people and what we need to understand in order to move forward. Um, 
And remember, she even talked about that seventh, the seventh generation, how they need to look back and pick up the pieces of what they've lost um, in order to move forward. And I feel like for us, she was an incredible window into what we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that um, just that, just the definition of knowledge or what we know too, just she did such uh, her her explanation of like what science deems as knowledge and then what is traditional knowledge the the differentiation there was just a, a really interesting um way to hold it it's not just facts it's not just right. information isn't all that knowledge is and how reductive science can make it you know just yeah. as like that it's just this this is what the plant's name is but you know i lo- i always love I think about it a lot when she said she wanted to go to school to become a scientist so she would understand why asters and goldenrod yeah. look so beautiful together. Like that makes me want to cry. That's just yeah. like that. And that question could not be answered by quote unquote Western knowledge. Like scientific knowledge didn't give her that. It, right. And and the fact that they had that knowledge and then it was lost. So it's like looking back to to regain that knowledge. And that's the history of our disconnect. I think another great example of the history of our disconnect, you know, was when we talked to Justin Coffin, our brother in The Power of Language and just him laying out the history of language and how, you know, how it was used, how we use it today to create connection, inclusion, empathy and agency or the exact opposite, right? Within the natural world and within our society. And, um, and, and how, and, and just the history of what was, and that's why it is the way it is today, the Mm -hmm. way we speak and the way that language holds power. Um, I thought there was a lot of really just great uh, content in that episode that really connected. And it also connected with Robin's take on, you know, when she lo- talked about when losing her language mm-hmm. and the tribes that have lost their language and what that means. And yeah. that is very much a part of American history. And I thought those two together were a really good example. Totally. And then looking, you know, kind of moving to the, where we talk about, you know, restoring and repairing. Um, our connection with the natural world. Um, we thought of Sean Heinrichs, um, which was his first episode of the season. Kate Stafford was with the bowhead whales. And then Rebbe Sabay with the, um, from Roku Conservancy and the Giraffe um, Conservation. And then, you know, just starting with Sean, you know, you and I talked a lot about how he emphasized love and inspiration and enoughness. And, if we fall in love with the ocean, we want to protect it, right? And if we are enough within ourselves and have enough in our lives, we'll need less of the living beings basically in the ocean, right? And if we if we can reach beyond our homes and see the beauty and sentience that is the ocean, we will want to support it more. Right. And um I think, but you and I love that idea of inherently with feeling like you've got enough, being enough in your own world, you you have then the space and the access to be able to reach beyond 
your four walls type idea, right? Yeah. And just trying to get your own limited needs met that gives you the ability to look outside. And yeah, anything that we don't understand, we're not going to care about. Right. Right. And then understand to a degree. I don't understand everything about the ocean, but I understand sure. enough to, un- to know that I should care. Yeah. And exactly. It does care. Yeah, exactly. I think that's just, that was like a big, that's just sort of one way I hadn't thought about how you can restore and repair. Exactly. Uh, it's pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be getting on a boat and going out and watching these things for yourself. Yeah. That's right. And just, um, the, and it's also maybe on the, should be point number one of all of that. Yeah, um, right. yeah. And then just, you know, Kate stuck, just Kate Stafford about the, with the bowhead whales talking about, you know, the Inuit communities and the long and deep understanding they have of bowhead whales and what their knowledge and how it contributes to her science and, right. and just her love and respect for the whales and how it fuels her desire to, to know them, protect them and their waterways. And um, I think she really did emphasize the indigenous knowledge and how that can be used to support, um, you know, whale conservation and the communities who are still very deeply connected to them. Yeah. And, and how their willingness to share their knowledge with her, like that generosity of spirit, um, inspires her and touched her deeply too, that they were willing to do that because that enables her to do her job better. And that again, that working together and, um, and again, you know, traditional knowledge with science, again, coming together and making something even more remarkable when we work together. I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, it's sort of looking back to the history part, but it really is that, that that combination is is so critical right now and so key. Yeah. And then looking at Rebbe Sabay, who does, you know, is involved in giraffe conservation, how that's just the, the epitome of restoring and repairing a community and a species through giraffe conservation, right? I mean, yeah. at Roku, and just like, yeah. I can't think of a better example, really, um, of repairing and restoring yeah. It's just it's such an incredible um, that was still it's still so profound and that the collaborative um efforts of the tr- of the warring tribes coming together for a bigger a bigger reason was just so um powerful and so kind of unbelievably how how profound it was in in its simplicity it was so easy like it was like oh they just and then they, they just stopped they had they 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 had a common goal and that you know I I just think about that a lot that just maybe having a common if we can find common ground man I feel like we could solve a lot of these problems well and just that idea that you know I've heard many times in different contexts whether it's religion or yoga or I don't know I don't don't know history there's a lot of contexts that say if, if everyone got on board, you can change, you can change the world in a moment. And that's an example of that. It's yeah. just the, the power of collaborating. Um, and, you know, through such a beautiful cause is it really is uh, somewhat astonishing. You, you and yeah, I yeah. talk about it all the time. Um, 
And then looking at like, you know, in our, in our sort of focus for this season in terms of, you know, healing our planet, um, we were looking at, you know, we pulled a couple examples like Bush Babies and Black Mambas and uh, Monique Udell um, and her work with domesticated animals and Willa Paulus, who we just heard from in our last episode. And, you know, I mean, I think not, I, I don't want to say what better way to, way to heal through education, but, you know, what Luane is doing with the Bush babies through educating yeah. and in context with the Black Mambas, where they are approaching anti-poaching in such a different way and working with a human wildlife conflict. And also, you know, um, P.S. making history. Um, we'll just throw that in there. But just an incredible example of how education and working with local communities that you are of and from, um, how that can change in just a next generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and, and all through, again, it's all through uh, empowering people through education, not, not yeah. like you don't, you don't know what you don't know and you can't do anything if you don't know. And it goes back, that, that's the thread of through all of it, like yeah. back to Sean that, you know, if you love something, then you care about it. So, I mean, if you, yeah, if you, if you know about something, then you can love it and then you can heal it, but that's you right. can't. Yeah. And just, yeah. The, so many things like the black yeah. mamas, how the Bush babies is talking to the children, but yet yeah, you're also, that's trickling into the, the parents because kids go home and talk to their parents about what they learned. And that's and exactly that, right. That's that yeah. simple, that it's simple. And yet it doesn't happen unless you offer that uh, opportunity. Right. You know, looking at like Monique Udell and her work with domesticated animals. And we talked a lot about, you know, dogs and cats and that whole perspective and how, you know, she was just saying overall in a very large nutshell, you know, the better, you know, we understand them in our lives, the better we can care for them. And then, right. you know, she just gave us a new understanding of our relationship with them. And then that makes our connection deeper mm -hmm. and healthier going forward, which is what healing is. Right. So right. that's where, you know, she was just deepening a connection through understanding. Um, I thought she was such a great example of that. And absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and with Willa Palace too, I mean, she literally talked about how getting land back is healing her tribes, how healing yeah. that felt to her. And, yeah. you know, the power, you know, talked about the, you know, the power of ancient indigenous knowledge, like we talked about before, like, you know, indigenous knowledge of and a connection to the land and environment and how that can be used to heal land and community. I just am struck by how healing and education and not formal education either, just not like imparting knowledge. Those two seem to really be need to go together. Yeah. They so true. Yeah. That's so true. And you know, until you just said it right, put that in that way. That's like a new idea for me, actually. Yeah, me too. We are talking away about it, but yeah. the way you just said that is so true. Healing and education, right? And obviously, throughout this whole season, we can see how powerful that is. And, you know, 
I'll just say all of our guests, right? Like all of them, like it's hard to pick guests and fit into these categories, but they're all doing work that brings at the very least an aspect of understanding of where we have come from and why we are where we are now and how we can repair the last hundred years-ish, right? And creating space for healing. Like yeah, all of our guests have offered that. And, you know, if you've missed any episode, don't worry, they're all waiting patiently for you wherever you listen to your podcast. So that's a little a little recap of, of season, t- season two and just sort of your and our bigger takeaway about, um, and of course, we learned just a massive amount and the impact has been huge on us and um, just so grateful for, for such a, such a beautiful season. Um, What we are also going to do is for our actual last drop, we decided to, to redrop a guest from season one. We decided to redrop Sterling Trap King Davis from season one. And Sterling is that one that, to me shows how we can make a difference right in our own backyards, like within our communities. And he's, he's accessible on many different levels and all the while breaking down barriers and dissolving stereotypes and connecting animal advocacy with mental health. And um, he's, you know, opening a door to healing in context to toxic masculinity and minority groups in, you know, in, with, 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 in rescue through, you know, his education programs and TNR, which is trap new to new to return and just how he is restoring and healing through that connection. Um, we love Sterling. Yeah. Yeah, we sure do. And, and, and that's exactly right. He's not an author. He's not a scientist. He's not, um, a marine biologist. He's just a, he's just a, a guy who loves cats and what he did. And, and, and it strikes me that the healing and education also applies to him. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, it's a different season, but there's a, that thread that runs through with these people that we are fortunate enough to talk with. And that just, there's a level of inspiration that, that Sterling provides just listening to him talk and being in conversation with him and there's a lightness of being about him and uh just a deep uh uh energetic um positivity like you just really want to talk to him and uh and and I think that he he's there's like all those things you just said he's doing all that through this little thing of trap neuter really. Right. Yeah. He's, he really is. He's got such a beautiful combination of, well, endless energy, yeah. um, kindness, empathy, education, motivation, inspiration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you say, like, it may just be like, Oh, he's only trapping cats. And that's, evident how untrue only is right yeah right what the difference he is he is making in his world and um so we are going to redrop sterling and we're excited for you guys to hear that again you know we just want to thank all of our listeners you know for your support and feedback and you know if you want to connect with us for any reason at all email us at thekindredpod at gmail.com and then also please check out all our show notes and links on our website at kindredpodcast.co. Um, 
Season three is already in the works and we are very much looking forward to seeing you later this year, hopefully in the fall. So that's pretty exciting. We got some great stuff coming. Um, so yeah, have a great summer. I'd say connect with your people, support each other, take care of yourself, get outside and explore. You know, all of us literally from the krill in the ocean to the giraffes on the plains of Africa, it's all very dramatic, but we're all just trying to get through our days without harm. We really hope that we have brought you content and conversations that have opened doors to places you've never been before like us and taken away a bit of how we are not separate from animals and nature, but like we say, part of an active ecosystem, we are kindred. So thank you. And to our guests, thank you for what you do and what you have so selflessly offered to us. We deeply appreciate it. Well said, that's exactly right. We feel very fortunate and honored to be able to, to, to have these conversations. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. So we will see you again and lots of love until season three. Kindred is hosted by me and my sister, Jen, produced by Kat Gaddy and myself, sound production and editing by Dan Cooper, original music by Ellie Grace, and our Kindred artwork was created by Lindsay Coffin. Please follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And feel free to contact us through our website at kindredpodcast.co, where you can also find links to our socials, Patreon page, and show notes.